This is Chris Raybould. What's going on, everybody? Hey, it's episode 32 of Pooch and Raybould. Um, hey, if you guys haven't noticed, we kind of rebranded our YouTube channel. It was my personal channel, and we kind of shifted to the Pooch and Raybould brand. Um, so um, we're happy about that. And uh, we've got, this is number 32, so 32 hours of content there. Um, and we're talking about big things, big things coming in the future, uh, hopefully bring to you guys. Um, so look out for that. And thanks for tuning in. Um, we have so many subscribers right now. Um, we sure do appreciate that you come. But we need more. How do we get more? Where How are the other guys? More. Tell I your friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get your friends on board. Get your mom on board. Yeah. All she has to do is click a button. It's cool. <laughs> Just ask. She loves Just you. Ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw a bunch of comments on the channel um, about ads. Um, and, yes. you know, I realized that there's, you know, 30 bazillion ads probably mm -hmm. while you're watching these things. Um, and it's really, you know, it doesn't make us a whole lot of money. Um, it makes us a, a little bit of money. Uh, and the more ads there are, the more sense we get. And so that's why kind of all those things are checked. Believe it or not, uh, there are like four levels higher worth mm -hmm. of ads than what we are currently set at. So um, I do apologize for um, any sort of break in uh, in the ads, but uh, hopefully you guys are kind of used to it watching YouTube. Um, some of these influencers have it on that fourth level of ads and it's like literally an ad every 30 seconds. So uh, <laughs> um, we hope it's not that bad, um, but uh, we, do, we sure do appreciate you guys kind of getting through it and, and, uh, yeah. allowing us to do that. But anyway, um, let's get on with it. Uh, let's do it. what do you want to talk about today, Chris? Let's do, uh, you know, I, when we did the one last week about virtual playback, it, uh, it became pretty clear. And I said, I have a feeling this is part one. So yes. why don't we, we really got into Mike pre's and digital trim and then kind of went over some of our busing strategies or maybe what our, our stems. That's what we got into, yeah. you know, but I figure we'll just go further down this path. Down maybe that path. Some uh, more specifics. Yeah. Episode 32 is playback part two. Mm -hmm. um, look at that. That's going to be fun. Um, so why don't you start us off? Like what does a typical day look like when you have the ability to spend the day with um, uh, playback. So let's, let's put you in a scenario, which is often the scenario for us. Um, mm -hmm. We've recorded, we've gathered data, mm -hmm. uh, multi-track data of a band during either a rehearsal period or, or um, even during a show. Um, and now we're going to spend a bunch of time, you know, super focused uh, laser focused on specific things uh, in mm -hmm. order to uh, improve the mix. So that's mm -hmm. where we sit. What's what's your day look like when yep. you, when you do that? Got it. And to even be more specific, we'll paint this picture. Let's say that we are already on tour. Okay. Okay. So we're on tour, and it's not the exploratory part of rehearsals where you're trying to figure out what the sound is. So let's say that we've already got all of our inputs, we've got all of our mixes, we know for the most part what everything sounds like. Now we all know as well, there's always those few inputs, if not all of them, that you feel you could make better, including those ones that you've just never fucking gotten. You know yes. what I mean? They've bugged you since rehearsal. So let's say right. that's the, you're right. Let's say that's the scenario. We're on tour and I had, it's moving fast. They've got me set up early. Um, PA's up. The guys are like, Hey, you got time. Take, you have an hour. There's an hour of playback. What I typically do uh, just to get us started. I might have a number of, I will, I'll have a number of goals, but let's say I don't have a specific goal. It's just a, Hey, let's go in and just do some work. I will go in and the first thing I'm doing is I'm kind of just looking at where everything's hitting level wise. I'm looking at my stereo bus. I'm seeing how hard everything's hitting. I'm looking at my input gains, knowing where they should be, seeing where they are. And the first thing I'm thinking, if I don't have a very specific creative goal for that particular session is something that you and I've talked about a lot. I'm going in there 
to herd kittens. I am going in there to just reel things back in and to get them back in check. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm just assessing what we have. And right? how often do you do this assessment that you're talking about? Is this a daily thing for you? Huh? Pretty much, man. I'm such a stickler for where everything is hitting that, yeah. I mean, I usually, if I'm jumping in the cans for 10 minutes to work on the Leslie, because yeah. the Leslie low mic I feel could be higher and make it beefier, then I'm doing that and that's all I'm paying attention to. But if it's just a like, hey, I need to clean this up for a minute. You know, that's kind of my main, more times than not when we're on the road, it is reeling things back in because we all know it's so easy in the middle of a show to turn that one thing up a little bit. And at that point, the mix is all, it's like your thing you were saying where about the remix, hey, can you turn the bass up? And the guy pulls all the faders down and says, I got to mix the whole thing all over. got to start again. Yeah. And so we just start creeping up. And after a while, you just got to check yourself and bring it in. So more times than not, I know it's not a sexy answer, but it is a, it's a damage control maintenance kind of purpose that I'm going into uh, playback for. That's interesting that you do it on a daily basis. Like I do that once a week. Mm -hmm. Like I get about four shows in mm -hmm. and start like going, okay, let's herd all the kittens back and get mm -hmm. us back into check. Um, but I don't feel like that unless there's something really specific. Mm -hmm. um, the overall big picture to me, I am not like focused on immediately in, mm -hmm. in playback every day. Does well, that make sense? It does. And I should, I should clarify. I should, I should, I'll say this, thinking about that statement, because you said every four days. I go into playback always with an eye, a keen eye on levels at all time. So that process of where are we is always on. I go in once or twice a tour with a sheet of paper specifically and it's a big task it's gaining everything down adjusting thresholds moving faders. it's the big move you know so i'll say i'll, I'll clarify i go in, i go in with an eye for that if i don't have a specific creative task because hopefully i don't fuck the mix up that bad every night you know what i mean it should yeah. be relatively ballpark yeah but yeah it's an interesting point that you say levels um you know i'm uh, beyond OCD about levels. Um, like literally if I'm working for a 125 input band, I know exactly where every single level mm -hmm. rides normally. Once I get settled after a rehearsal period or, and once I get in, you know, five shows or whatever to a tour, like I can tell you maybe not numerical values, but I know what it looks like. And I know when it's, a quarter dB out mm -hmm. and that I can look at an input. I can look at a meter and say something's up. Either the mic isn't in the right position or we've mm -hmm. got, you know, a split that's going bad or, um, you know, something, um, that's how important and how, um, focused you should be about levels. Um, because that's matters. Everything past your gain structure is uh, affected by, you know, the mic pre, right? So all your dynamics that you've set up, all your bussing, all your summing, everything that matters starts with that gain section. And if that's even out by a d DB, mm -hmm. uh, it, it changes the way that it hits all of those things in succession. So um, mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that you say that I do exactly the same thing. You know, when I, when I say hurting the cats and like getting everything back into order is a thing that I do every four days. I do on a daily basis, just like what you said. Well, I scan all yeah. my stuff. I bank through all my things. Sure. And look from last night, you know, cause I have stuff that's buried that I hear, but I don't look at like during mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I'm doing virtual playback for the first time, uh, in the morning, I'll bank through all the things looking to make sure that all the things look like they're supposed to do. Right. Um, you know, you know and, then, and that's a good one too. Like just taking a visual, uh, again, we both use the SD seven, but any console that has a reliable meter set, yes. just visually going through. And it could be something like you look and you realize that on Tom four, 
there's this level that's really big. And you're like, oh, they put a fan over there and that's opening the gate. I mean, it's literally detective work, you know, yeah. or you notice that suddenly on the base at all times, it's like, dang, you know, you just do the visual inspection. So again, it's not sexy stuff, but it's like, it's next level stuff, yeah. you know? And it's, it's an argument just so you guys know, you know, a lot of people and I, and I do, I think in the last video I spoke about, um, you know, giving a monitor engineer that you trust the, the mic pre's uh, on a shared rack. Um, I do do that. But for instance, with, um, uh, Iron Maiden, um, I trust Tater, been with him for 20 years. We're like an old married couple, but in that case, I have the mic pre's and the reason is, is that I have some better metering at mm -hmm. front of house that I can actually look at to verify minute changes mm -hmm. in metering. Um, so like Reaper, for instance, in its uh, meter page, the meter bridge of Reaper, those uh, meters are actually like super amazing. Like whoever designed those meters is, is like, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I look at my console, but I also am looking at playback on the, the tape machine on the actual, you know, playback machine mm -hmm. and looking at those meters as well. And because I have those tools, Tater and I discussed, I'm like, well, I'll take the mic pre's and that way I can make sure every single day, all mm -hmm. the inputs are exactly where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So it's that important. It's that OCD kind of level mm -hmm. of worrying about level. <laughs> yeah, <there>. totally. Um, <laughs> which is, um, you know, part of what makes it, you know, uh, turns it from an okay mix to a, a spectacular mix yep. is you paying attention to those details, right? Yeah. And that, and that just allows you to, to travel with literally travel with, with confidence, you yep. know, yep. You just, you know, you know where, where everything is, you know, where things are supposed to be. And when things are the slightest bit off, you can, with the most confidence you can possibly muster, go, Hey guys, something's off. Yeah. You know? And when everyone says, well, I mean, I didn't do anything different today. I'm not saying that you did, right. I'm just, I'm just telling you we're, we're a little off today. So, and let's be clear about why that's important. You know, it's not just, I, I touched on it a, a minute ago about how it's important about summing and bussing and, you know, everything down the, the pipe, but I have precarious setups of uh, utilizing phase to capture an instrument that is at 11 o'clock and four o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. And there are, let's say a guitar, for instance, I'll have three inputs of that guitar that are precariously placed in order to have this smear of guitar be big over there. And one little thing of an input being just off by a little bit or a mic not placed properly will screw all that up. And all of a sudden the phase comes into play and it, the whole image is shifted like this. And now we're eating up space in my mix uh, that was previously not being eaten up. Um, and, you know, in, in past videos, we've talked about how stereo spectrum is important and how depth is important. And so the whole key to keeping all of that right is the, 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 the mic pre's, you know, and the, and, the, and the playback of it and making sure that all of that uh, mm -hmm. is the same every day. Because if it's not, then it shifts all your stuff in your mix. It's not yeah. just the one guitar. It's all the other stuff in it. Um, so it's, I just want you guys to realize like that's how important it is. And that's how, why every single day, both Chris and I fire it up and go, oh man, that's that little thing that's mm -hmm. off by a little bit that, you know, mm -hmm. yesterday I got to investigate that. I got to find out why. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and you know, when you start getting into acts too, where you've got a roving vocalist with or without a thrust, but let's say we start getting in the world of thrust or, you know, we'll see. If you've right. done a band without a thrust in the no, last I, I know, exactly. 10 years. But, but let's say it's the opposite. Ugh. You've got a vocalist that maybe has shitty mic technique who doesn't sing loud, and y'all are in small places, and the PA is close to him. Where I'm going with this is at showtime, that's what I need to be worried about. And every move totally. I, I make mix wise on those VCAs is just muscle memory. You know, I don't have time to be chasing down your errant guitar left signal 
and then call, having them call the stage and then taking the message back and everyone saying it's fine. And they're like, I just want to mix. And I want to pay attention to that vocal. I want to make sure that vocal doesn't feed back. Right. And, or I'm hitting all my cues and everything. So in the end, it sounds like tedious and, and this and that. And it is. But once you're systematic about it, it actually makes your life way easier. You know, totally does. So. And that's a great point that you point out. Um, the focus that we have during the show versus virtual playback are two totally, totally different, totally different things. things, right? Mm-hmm. Like I literally, I do exactly the same thing. My focus is on the lead vocal the entire show. Mm-hmm. getting that lead vocal so that it has intelligibility over the top of all the rest of the stuff. So much so that I ignore, I hate yes. to say this, but I ignore relationships mm-hmm. between guitars and, and, um, uh, yeah. anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do. That's all stuff that I've worked on in virtual playback to get right. And I, and I have to, um, you know, I have to trust mm-hmm. that I've, I've gotten all that right earlier on in the day yep. uh, so that I can completely put all my brain power on making that vocal, you know, work everywhere. Right. So that, right. that's a really interesting thing. Yeah. It's like virtual playback then. Um, and I'm trying to think, you know, I do in virtual playback, I do focus on how the vocal fits and everything, but I tend to focus more on the rest of it. I know where you're going. I know. It's because that's our time. That's meal prep. That's, yeah. that's, that's getting in the gym. That's doing all that busy work. You know what I mean? And then because that's not the focus comes It's not the, the race. Yeah, it's yeah. not the race. It's yes, the that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I too. I go, and in fact, you know, we'll, we'll go back a little bit. So let's say like what, how a day starts. You know, a lot of times I'll start with what starts on the desk. I'll go in and I'll look at the drums. And in this case, I might be, of course, I am that person that if the snare drum doesn't sound good, like I'm devastated. I can't get on with life. I just can't. And um, so, That's so funny, I'll, dude. I just got to tell you real quick, like yeah. the first time that I ever heard you mix, uh-huh. um, I, one of the first, like the very first song I was like, holy crap, that snare drum sounds good. It's like probably literally, ADB louder than everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, not that it was yeah. louder. I just was like, that was the most noticeable thing about what was happening. And uh, one of my first impressions as a mixer, mm-hmm. listening to another mixer, I was like, oh, I wish I could get my snare drum to sound like Yeah, that. I hear you. I know that exact feeling and thank you very much. Um, I, know, I know that feeling. I know that assessment early on. You're like, God damn, how's he doing that? Yeah. So I'll, I'll go in and I will look at... I'll, I'll look at virtually everything and let's hope it's all in the right kind of place. I don't have to do too much tweaking. Let's say it's a day where I'm not going in. Like I'm going to spend 30 minutes on the snare. I'm going to try eight different plugins. I'm going to try this different hardware. I'm going to like, I kind of know what I'm doing with it. It's good. And I'll do stuff like this is what virtual playback's great for is overheads. We talk about overheads a lot here because they are not simply capturing the overhead sound of the drum kit. They are capturing garbage that's flying around on that stage. So I'll go in and look at overheads and be like, okay, oh wow, there's this really gnarly thing happening at like 800 in those overheads that just is, it's in the whole mix as a result of those overheads. Cause I like cymbals loud or I like to get a live sound, you know? Um, It's almost like whenever, whenever cymbals and crashes and accents aren't heard, it's like the punchline doesn't make it through. You, totally. you know what I'm saying? And there's no groove. So um, I'll go in and look at those overheads and go, okay, there's some gnarly shit happening in the house almost every night. If it wasn't just last night, it's in the overheads. Can I take that out of the overheads, clean up my overhead mix and not screw up the drum mix? So that's a good time to, or just get into and be like, oh, you know what? I, I, I can actually lower my high pass. I can be a little cooler with that or I can up it. it again, it's going in and doing that exploratory kind of stuff you know, or I mentioned gates earlier, you know, that's a good time to go in and look and make sure all your gates are staying closed as long as they're supposed to, you know, again, just kind of checking the tires, you know? So that's, that's that's the way that I would start. That's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it it is, is the way that I go to, um, I, when I fire up virtual playback for the first time during the day, I don't, this is a good question. I don't, take individual instruments and start 
scoping on them until I hear something that I want to work on. So in other words, when I start up virtual playback for the first time in the day, it's not just drums. You know what I mean? It's like, I listen to the whole picture. Is that something that you do or? Yeah. No, I mean, I'll turn it on. I'll turn it on. A lot of times I'll turn the vocal off. Yes. You know, kind of going back to what we're talking about because I don't want to be influenced by the trash coming through the vocal. I know for sure to take that into account when I'm ready for it. But a lot of times, yeah, I'll just start with the full mix and just kind of live with it for a minute. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, when I say I'm working on drums, I used to only listen to drums while I do that. And I've said that on here before. Now I'll pepper in other stuff just yeah. to, so it's not too clinical of a search and because it feels like music when there's something else going on. To me too, I have some precarious bus compression going on. So as soon as I take stuff out of it, you know, as soon as I take bass guitar and uh, guitars and keys uh, out of the, dr- the end result of drums, the compressors act differently, right? So mm-hmm. as soon as I put all that stuff back, not just master bus compression, but like, you know, compression yeah. on individual buses, um, it makes the cymbals, for instance, disappear where mm-hmm. if I were just listening to the drums by themselves, the cymbals would be loud and proud. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a really good point to make is the downstream summing of all this stuff as you're yes. removing it. It'll give you a false sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, um, cool. And then um, I generally <laughs> in the notes section of my phone yeah, of um, after a show, my OCD won't let me, you know, uh, won't, won't let me let it go. Uh, and I usually have a list of things that I noticed during the show that I couldn't address during the show. That mm-hmm. is the next day things like, so yep. then it's focus on specifics of songs, mm-hmm. um, which are generally maybe level, but sometimes EQ, um, addresses that are specific to that song. So like the overall guitar sounds great, but that one particular song in that one section doesn't sound great. Um, Mm. that's kind of my next go-to is that what, what's your next after you kind of look at the, the, yeah. Yeah. Once I do big picture and that big picture, if you were to continue down the input line, it would be looking at, like you said, relationships of, let's say it's a, somewhat complicated or is simply a guitar bus of some sort that has multiple inputs, just kind of checking the relationship, making sure everybody's cool. You know, my bass is pretty involved looking at all those levels. So once I've done all that stuff, um, then as far as the, what needs to be worked on thing, yeah, that's when we get specific. That's when I go. And that's when I'll make, you know, like there's the Bruno Mars song called marry you. And it's so weird, man. It should be the simplest song to mix yet. It just, it throws me all the time. It's a gigantic hit. He's going to play it every night. It's coming. And one of the songs are the ones, man. Right. And one of the weirdest mix moves, and you know how it is too. If you build a mix that is just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every song, as soon as it mellows a little, you're left with this like kamikaze assault of, (laughs) of a rhythm section where it doesn't belong and it's too hard and it's too aggressive. So one of the weird moves that I found myself always making there was, not only would I turn the snare down, I would turn the snare bottom off. Now, mind you, my snare bottom rarely creeps with respect to, if this is snare top, my snare bottom is like here, usually. Yeah. So it's barely, but for whatever reason, that cleans it up. And so that, that would lead me to th- start thinking, huh, do I need to automate the mute now on this? You know, again, talking exploratory stuff. And yeah, that's when I just go in. That's when I can get frustrated and lost. And that's also when I've got the systems guy going, hey, man, I'm ready. Hey, man, I'm ready. <laughs> because I get lost in something that I, I'm struggling to fix. And also, it's kind of exciting, though, if it's, if it's not something that's been driving you crazy for years and it's kind of new and fresh and you've got all these fun ideas, it's almost like, okay, how much time do I have? Cause I'm going to try a bunch of stuff totally. like with guitars. I'm going to pan them both wide. I'm going to, I'm going to delay one side. No, I'm going to swing them over here. I'm going to make room. And that's when, so this is when we're getting into the creative endeavors, you know, when I go down that rabbit hole that you're talking about, um, I, I just want to point out a thing that I do, uh, which is save, multiple versions of things in, you know, specific changes. So for instance, 
like what you just said, where I like, oh, I got to change this guitar. And because I changed the guitar, now I got to change the keys. And because of it, I made that keys thing. I got to, now the vocal isn't popping right. Mm -hmm. All during that process, I'm not just saving to the same file. No. I want to come back. I want to be able to back out of any of that. So mm -hmm. if I do anything major, I'll do a save so that when I do something else major yep. and I don't like it, I can come back to that save. Um, yep. So you'll see, like if I'm in a, if I'm having a day where I'm like really digging into virtual playback, you will see, you know, I save everything with the date and the band and the, you know, whatever um, uh, venue we're in. That's my normal save thing. But then you'll see an A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H yes. with in the notes part of it telling you what it is. Yeah. Mine will say like post, post guitar tweak. Totally. Post blank, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just want to point out to you that you should do that because, and the only reason that I do that now is because I played the other way where I was like, you know, went down this rabbit hole of doing all kinds of things and in the end, and then saved it. And in the end, I only liked half of them and half of them were good and the other half sucked. So now what do you do? I have mm -hmm. to go back and like the things that I think that suck, I now have to undo them. Right. Um, whereas it's simple if you're just saving along. I just wanted, I wanted to. Yeah. And you know what, in that vein too, guys, if you're going in, let's just assume everyone's on a digital console right now for what we're talking about. Yes. Um, before you start tweaking, if you have the ability to save presets. Yes. You know, like, whatever label the guitar og guitar so you know what, what to go back to um, not only presets on your console but presets in your waves and your universal audio like in waves i save all my racks mm -hmm. um and i actually save about i'd say every couple of months i save all my individual plugins as presets as well so yep. that uh i can always return you know, it'll be in a folder that's labeled, you know, whatever the date is. These were how all of my plugins were um, mm -hmm. so that if any of that crashes or um, I've even like in between a song recalled a preset on a plugin because I got so far out of whack yeah. in the middle of a show that I was like, uh, I got, I got to come back, you know, <laughs> mission abort. Um, yeah. Mission abort. I've dug yeah. myself a hole so bad that I have to fix it now. This isn't something I can fix tomorrow. This is something I have to fix now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, in between a song, because you know that it, it mutes audio for just a, a second. Mm -hmm. Um, I've recalled a preset on a, on an individual plugin. And the only way that I could have done that is that having all of my plugins have, you know, uh, yeah. stored all the presets along with racks racks are really handy too yeah so. that's you know i just thought it's important to point out too um i can't say that every day at the end of virtual playback is always a win i mean sometimes <laughs> you, you know sometimes you just walk out super frustrated yeah or, or maybe you just didn't really get to a good I mean, it's not always a win but it is definitely it's worth it on a daily basis i feel i you have know? had um <laughs> I've had several weeks of virtual playback with an artist that I'm struggling with. Like, you know, maybe the vocalist doesn't sing very loud and there's someone that's in, you know, way far out on a thrust. Um, and I am just throwing darts, dude. I'm throwing anything at it to make it better. Um, and every single day in the limited amount of time that I have with vir virtual playback, I was trying something new. Um, and so, uh, you know, I hate to admit this and the, and the public should never hear this, but uh, I was experimenting on the public for two weeks with a vocalist, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like literally going, okay, so that didn't work. Shit. Yep. All right, let's try this today. You yep. know, and doing whole shows that way, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and finally like landing on something where I'm like, okay, this is working and whatever that was by changing plugins, by changing the busing structure, by changing, you know, I, uh, I hate this, but like I, I lie there before I go, <laughs> go to sleep at night mm -hmm. thinking about, um, how to improve a vocal and, and that 
is like, I'll have some aha moments sometimes away from my console. Yeah, definitely. And come back the next day and be like, okay, I know, I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is it's some, it's on my mind all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I've had, um, it's funny when you were, when you're like, I spent two weeks on and you were saying I've had, I was thinking to myself, I've had trusted systems guys kind of tap me on the shoulder and almost be like, what are you doing in there? Like, like <laughs> we know what happens when you go too far. You're gonna get so are you, are we good? You know, do we need to step away for a minute? Cause I'll just sit there and keep going. I'll yeah. just keep going and going and going and, um, and trying to make it better, you know? I think that's just it. You know, we're striving, um, we're striving for perfection. We achieve excellence. And the way that you achieve excellence is by doing what you just said, like never giving up. Like I don't ever give up on trying to make something better. You know, I have a file with Iron Maiden um, that I've is basically I built three years ago, four years ago now. Uh, No, sorry. Three years ago. Um, And I still, on a regular basis, revamp things and think about how yeah. I'm going to make it better and do whatever, you know. This is a file that's probably been on, you know, I don't even know, 200 shows, maybe mm-hmm. more, that has been really good for those 200 shows. But that doesn't mean that I don't give up on it. I'm still going, you know, that one little section in such a right. song, I, I, I've never gotten it right. I need to you know, fix it. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, it, that is the level, that's the level of attention that you need in order to, you know, achieve a mix of greatness. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, there's, there's, there's other, there's certain times when everything's kind of gelling and life is good. And that song that you usually don't nail, you're at least happy enough with, you know, and that's when you can get into going in, and that's when maybe you're playing with a plug-in on the stereo bus. Or you, I'm going to I'm 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 widen it a little bit. Or I'm going to yeah. put this EQ on there and open up the top end a little bit. That, and that's fine, you know, when you're trying the little sweetening stuff. Um, so that's a, good, that's a really good place to be um, with playback, too. Um, and then, you know, as far as like – I'm sitting there thinking, as far as vocals – and playback goes, you know, that's a good time to go in, particularly if you've got a lot of backgrounds, not even a lot, just one, but let's say there's two, three, whatever, to really fine tune that balance, you know, to look at what that balance is. Um, However you do it, if if those background vocals just go straight to a bus, the vocal bus or whatever, for me, oftentimes, if I know no one's going to sing lead, they go to a BGV bus, Right. That, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I treat the vocals individually. Then I treat the BGV bus. That's a, this is a good time to go in, look at the level, also look at the noise in those mics. Um, and if you're using PSE or the 50, 45 Neve stuff to go in there and see where, where that is. And again, just do cleanup work anywhere where you can save yourself a little bit of noise um, is worth it. And, and then of course, by the time you get to the lead vocal, oh man, that you could spend two seconds on it if you know you're in a good place or you could really go to town, you You know, can, can you? (laughs) Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's a big giant roving overhead is what it is. Um, that can either sound really great or destroy your mix. I mean, that's really what a, a lead vocal is. Um, and so getting the right amount of, um, uh, vocal input, um, versus the extraneous noise that's coming into that microphone makes a huge difference. And that's why choosing the right microphone for the vocalist um, and also for the situation is, you know, part of half of the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you brought up a really good point. Like um, virtual playback in the end is about super duper nuance, right? Um, you know, we're live sound engineers and you and I are a little bit older. And so we're used to dialing up a mix. I can get a mix going. Like if I'm mixing a live Mm -hmm. situation and dialing from scratch, I can get that going. But what takes my mix to the next level is the playback version of me going through every single input Mm -hmm. um, and optimizing every input, you Mm -hmm. know, 
uh, not only in sound, but, uh, you know, signal to noise ratio, like what you yep. just said. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's why virtual playback has become so, you know, something that I just can't live without is because in order for my mix to take my mixes to the level that I want to take them to, which is sounding like a record or better. Mm -hmm. um, the only way to do that is to have the ability to, um, you know, to listen to stuff. Um, I know we've talked about in the past where we take like sections of things mm -hmm. um, and listen to them over and over. Oh. And yeah. uh, like how often is that for you? Is that a Dude, pretty regular? That's thing? like if people thank God I wear cans, like when I'm doing, if I've <laughs> got the cans on, it's because I don't, it's either because I really want to look under the microscope or I don't want somebody to give me shit because I've been looping the same Tom roll for five minutes, you know, and I will do shit. Like I will go in, I do it every day. I will go in because I'm such a stickler for game matching and, you know, I'll go in and literally loop a kick and a snare over and over and over and over again. And that section I go and <laughs> I go and I, to all my individual inputs and I, and I take the inserts in and out and I look at the, the level, make sure that we're playing honest. So I'll do that. I do that all the time. Or I'll go in, uh, I keep talking about toms, but man, you know, I'll go in and just work on tom rolls, work on attack release times, you know. Loop I think stuff. toms are some of the hardest things to get right because you want them hot in the mix. You want them to feel big, mm -hmm. but you can't any sort of ghost opening, you know, because of a, either hitting something close to it or mm -hmm. just the stage volume, any, any little openings of thresholds destroys mm -hmm. your mix because they're so loud. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, man, I spend hours on toms. Yep. And, you know, the attack and release time is so important because you don't want that shitty live sound mix. Yep. You don't want that. You want it to, oh. you want it to, to boom. Yeah, you want it to bloom, yeah. but what's on the other end of that bloom? Are you going to get a lot of snare? Are you going to get a lot of cymbal? So it's really, you've got to cook it just right. Yeah. To where they all work and then hope once the overheads come up, they will smear any of the kind of weirdness, Correct. you know, so I'll do that. I'll loop that kind of stuff. I'll loop, man, I'll loop any section. Oh, with horns. God, I'll sit there with horns forever. Just ba -na -na, ba -na -na, ba -na, over and over <laughs> and over and over and over. Uh, and, you know, and this is here, we haven't said anything about effects. This is what's such a great time. It's the best time to work on effects is when you really got them under the microscope, you know? Totally. So, um, I'm looping sections and I'm, and I'm dialing in a fair, not dialing in, but maybe this is maybe when I'm trying new effects or new effect times or something yeah. where I can really see it. It's unadulterated. So what about you? You big looper? <laughs> um, I am uh, specifically for Tom's usually. Um, mm -hmm. And then any sort of issue uh, is when I'll start looping stuff. Um, you know, if I'm noticed in a particular part of a song, you know, whatever, um, the, the drummer doesn't hit as hard as normal and maybe right. one of the gates doesn't open or, um, you know, the bass is playing softer, um, in this one section and it, it just is, uh, you know, not, uh, the dynamics of it aren't, you know, aren't punchy. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, dude. I'm watching this. Um, uh, it's a, um, uh, like a Disney making of um, uh, uh, Disney films. And they were playing uh, some, some Disney stuff. Uh, and they, it was a whole kind of journey into like the audio land in Disney, right? Um, and what I noticed about it was they squash dynamics so hard in some of those movies that like the high note of a vocal mm -hmm. is less volume than Interesting. the small, you know, than a, a real like small thing. They want the nuances of the, you know, when a vocalist is singing softly, they want that feeling mm -hmm. emotion, whatever. Mm -hmm. But what I noticed is, is that it's that, is the same level as when they're nailing that high note. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it actually makes the high note seem Go. smaller. Right. Yes. And I guess it's a, it's a sound. I mean, that's in that is sidebar. That is the danger of 
limiting, not compression, Absolutely. but limiting. Cause at a certain point it does shove it back. It, it, it starts to work. One of my favorite saturation pieces, I won't use it on the stereo bus because this, the, um, even though it's, it, it's amazing in that role because it has such a small sweet spot that once you pass it, once that snare there. drum that you like so much is now going backwards all the time. Yes. So backwards. That's, that's what it sounded like was backwards. And I was, yeah. it's just, I bring it up because I was like, those are the things that I work on when I'm talking about virtual playback. Like, you know, I'm like, man, this bass guitar sounds amazing, except when it gets to this one section and now it sounds quieter when he's actually playing louder. Mm -hmm. And then so the nuance of that is really what I would focus on. And that's what I would loop. So, you know, coming full circle, that's, that's why I told you that is because the other day I was watching that thing and I was just going, wow, like, is no one else paying attention to the fact that this vocal is just yeah. going backwards? It's That's like less volume than the, you know, and so yeah. the dynamics of it aren't there. And, and it made me, um, it made me really glad that I'm a live sound engineer because we don't have those parameters so much. Mm -hmm. um, we can create dynamics way more than the, whatever the, you know, the cost of uh, dynamic range in, in making movies and in, and in making records, we mm. get to be the guys that are like, you know, I, I love dynamic. I love a really well compressed and limited vocal, but mm. I also love when it's open a little bit more than like what the record is. Right. Right. So Keeps um, those real. are the things that I focus on in, in playback and, and might loop over and over is, is focusing on those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking I'll loop like a, arbitrarily. I'll pick a section of a song to loop. Yeah. Like, let's say I just want to, I just want to loop the song. I just want to feel it. But I, but I want to have a, I want a, a reference that matters. So I don't want to listen and get a vibe here, but then we move to another song. So the mix has to change. And so totally. I'll, I'll pick something and then I'll get to the point where I'm like, that time, time's wasting, time's wasting. And I'll make sure those points are so tight that the loop, there's no dead space on either side. You know, it's like, yep. I just, I want to, I want to have what I have. Do um, you poke around? Like what I do in my workflow is if I'm looping something, like I'll loop something, work on it for a while, work on it for a while. And then I'll poke in other parts of the show yes. to, to see, see, yes, you know, and just literally like listen for 10 seconds or five mm -hmm. seconds even of a section and being like, okay, what the, whatever I'm working on the toms, for instance, let me go to that one part in that one song where I know he barely hits his toms. Let me go there real quick and see if it's still working after all of this work that I've done yep. in this loop. Is it going to work there too? Right. Um, uh, so I do that a lot. Yeah. Like suddenly you decide you're going to make the keys louder. Yeah. You know, and then you start to look around and be like, nah, that's, it's going to throw everything out of way. Even with automation, it was fine before, yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. I'll do that for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, like any, I don't know if you've really got the time, if you have like, if you're sending things to other people, like lighting people, video people, house stuff that's a good time to go back and just kind of just just do a little check spot check of where you talk about you talk about stuff you never look at like my matrix layer totally. i never go there you know <laughs> um well you, you would know. hope you know what's so funny is you would hope that someone downstream of that so for instance if you're sending stuff to a video guy mm -hmm. uh, you would hope that they would come to you and say you know what something sounds Dude, they will roll with that shit so fucked up for so for long <laughs> You know, and then uh, like literally, I will tell you, I did this tour, big tour, and I happened to be walking from catering back to front of house, walking in front of the of video land, and walked by and went, "What is that?" Oh and yeah, they were like, "Oh, we're working on you know whatever," and I was like, "No, what is that audio? Like, where is that from?" And they're like, "That's the audio that you sent us every night." And I'm like, "What? How long has it sounded like that?" You know, uh, oh, I don't know. We didn't notice any difference. And I'm like, ah, yeah, so it's a, you know, it's a yes. really good point, man. I, I record, you know, we talked earlier in, in, um, you know, episode one of playback. Um, mm -hmm. we talked about, uh, making stems and recording, you know, stuff like that. So I do like record my, um, uh, you know, the record bus or the video bus that I'm sending. I record that. Mm -hmm. um, and now, 
uh, I tend to check those things like you do. Um, probably not as often as I should, but um, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll pull up something and solo the stereo return of that. Yeah. Ooh. Here's an interesting one. Here's one place where we, I have started to do it a little bit more, but where we're different. At what point? Okay. So let me just start. Let me talk about me for a minute, Pooch. Um, talk about you. So, <laughs> Let's talk about uh, your feelings. Yes. Um, you don't want to know my feelings. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I will, I never take, I, okay. I'll do my virtual playback solely in the cans. If it's like exploratory stuff or, tedious stuff and I don't want anybody to give me shit about well I used to play that part and then I'll maybe I'll put it on the near fields if I'm feeling good about it but that's it yep I never I w- I have now started to as part of my tuning process I will do this I'll put the drums in the mix I'll drop in the bass I'll like drop things in and out and it's twofold it's I'm such a stickler for tuning the PA that I also know that in the moment, I will tune a PA as such that it's maybe not super, super great in the now, but I know it will become showtime. So I don't want to freak myself out over work that I feel very good about by putting the mix up there and then being like, oh no, I need to remix the whole thing. Two, I don't want to be a, like the, the lantern that attracts bugs. I don't want (laughs) I don't want guys coming out there wanting to mix being like, cool, what are you working on? And then I have to sit with the drummer. You know what I'm saying? So I've only recently started doing like, it's usually rhythm section and I'll drop stuff in, never the vocals. That's as much as I do in the house. I have this thing where I feel so strongly about my tuning that there can be this division of church and state that if I know I'm good in the mix and I know I'm good in the tuning, they're going to marry it up. And I just ride on that faith. Uh, and, and it's, and the rest in the other part of the truth is I don't want to freak myself out, but I just want to feel good. I felt good. It's worked well enough for me this long. That's what I do. At what point do you, because you do put everything in the house as part of your team. What but point I, do I you will, get there? Yeah, I do. But I, I will tell you that I do that with a couple of caveats. Um, I am always in communication with a production manager knowing what is the status of band members or, or artist in the building. Um, because if I get a report that they are in the building, then I play like you play. Then I mm-hmm. go, okay, let's do drums. Let's do bass. Um, and so much so that I early on in the tour pee on the time that I want to be able to mm-hmm. tune PAs. And right. <laughs> I, I, you know, put it. Uh, you know, come in there guns blazing and say, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, listen, every day at two fifteen, mm-hmm. I'm going to be tuning the PA, you know? Um, so you know, get over it. Um, but, and the reason that I do that is because I've discovered that 215 is before anybody shows up. Yeah, that's smart. That's really the reason. It's not even about other departments and trying to whatever. Now, of course, I'm always conscious of what's going on. Like if somebody, you know, is not having a good day and the lighting is going up slow or whatever. Yeah, if someone's in the air or something yeah, like that. I'm not, I'm not the guy that's like, 2.15 is my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that I establish early on in the tour kind of the time that I want to be able to tune PAs. And I'll even tell production managers why. It's mm-hmm. like I, I need it when they aren't in the building because I mm-hmm. want to be able to, to um, hear the entire mix, um, granted with no audience, but hear the entire mix without having the drummer come to front of house and goes, Hey man, what are you working on? Can we do this? And mm-hmm. no, no, we can't. I, you know, I get 15 <laughs> minutes and yeah, you know, and when you do that, do you your 15 minutes? Sorry. Right. When you do that, do you light up the whole system? Like sides, two seventies, everything, or do you just leave the stereo That's a great on? Question. No, I generally start with the left and right only mains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, aids and subs, um, and, uh, listen that way for a little bit. Uh, and then probably into five minutes of listening to that, maybe one whole pass of a song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have my system engineer turn it, turn it all on. Let's Open it up. Happens. Let's hear, yeah. let's hear the ugly truth of it. <laughs> let's hear the ugly truth. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that's usually where we address like that whole, you know, side hang, front hang plane. Yep. How much is the side hang screwing up the front, you know? 
Yeah. Um, you know, but, but generally into a tour, I have a system engineer that knows what my threshold of acceptance is in that way. Yes. Uh, and so generally I don't have discussions with that cause they already know what I'm right. saying, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I do, I prefer to listen to the whole thing, but I do, I will, you know, I do listen often without the vocal, mm-hmm. um, in a, in a PA, not, yep. not just, you know, near field in, in headphones. That's, that's often how I listen in headphones because I'm concentrating on that stuff, but also just on a regular basis, I will listen without the vocal and then maybe listen to a verse only with the vocal, a verse and a chorus or something, and then mute the vocal again mm-hmm. and go take a walk with it without the vocal um, just to see what the energy of the band is doing without the vocal. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's never reality, right? Like that's not what a real show well, is going to be, but it shows you some things in the room, right? Yep. There are also certain things too, like I am – hesitant to put playback vocal in the house because you never know what um venue staffer is sitting there tape like there's so many political ramifications that could come down why you know someone who's having why was my vocal on why was my vote there's just there's a number of there's just a lot of slippery slopes to be had there so i've had to you know i've been called into a dressing room for that very conversation you know i saw some you know somebody posted something on facebook before you were checking the pa and you had my vocal on Mm -hmm. um and the the argument is is like well yeah the reason i'm using virtual playback is to make it sound the best i can and the show has your vocal and i wanted (laughs) to make sure that your vocal was up over the top and generally an artist will back down from it um Mm -hmm. i have been yeah, I mean, I, I've gotten in trouble before, so I get it. Um, uh, so, yeah. But, uh, you know, my philosophy has always been uh, to try to, you know, hear the entire mix. Um, mm-hmm. And I do – how about songs? Do you generally use the same song every day? For, for playback? For, yeah. For PA check virtual playback. Yeah, I do. I do too. I- I'll, I'll pick you. There's usually just one that I'm thinking of maybe, and maybe I go to another. Yep. For sure. Just because in the same way that you, huh? I, I was just going to say that, you know, people get pissed at me cause it's the same, you know, just yeah. like it, just like in the old days when people get mad when you played the same, that's what I was getting ready to say. Genesis it's, track yes. or whatever. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a tool. Yeah. It is purely it's reference. It's okay. just a tool. Yep. I, I use the same stuff and it's usually something that I like that has a nice arrangement that kind of lends itself to sounding good, yeah, you right. know, so it's a feel good moment for me too, you know, yes. confidence booster. Um, but yeah, always the same songs. You know, if I'm truthful, I usually pick what I perceive to be one of the best sounding songs. Oh, of course. In the, in the set, you know what yep. I mean? And, and land on that pretty early on, uh, in the, in the tour and say, okay, that's the song I'm going to listen to every single day mm-hmm. um, to feed my own ego. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking of these songs with these different artists now. Um, you know, I'll tell you this, I, I guess we're kind of coming up close to time here. I haven't put on a timer like a professional. Yeah, trade, so I don't know. But um, I want to just impart one story. You know, we talk about this sort of the bummer slash could be horror. You've heard horror stories of artists coming out while somebody's trying to do virtual playback in the house and, you know, they, it fucks them for good, you know, this or that. I had a really good moment. Um, we were in Rocklet. It's up there. This is probably 2017, I guess, whenever we were rehearsing for the Bruno tour, we had moved into before we were going to go overseas, put it in an arena and everything, you know, and, uh, rock lit. It's an interesting room. It can sound amazing in there, like absolutely amazing. But like most rooms, there are little pockets of don't stand there, you know? And, um, there was a pile of road cases that were just happened to be in this one spot. Everybody was gone. I thought everybody was gone and Bruno and the band and everybody came cruising in we were getting ready to do like another run through like a, 11 p.m. run through or some shit and it ended up being I saw where where Bruno walked and I was like 
which he knows what's going on all the time anyway, but sure. he walked to a spot that I knew sounded good. Sure. And then it came to a big, he turns around and waves his arms. Like, stop, 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 stop. And I'm like, oh, fuck, where's this going? Oh, boy, and he's like, he's like, yo, fellas, fellas. And he gets every, he's like, brings everybody over. And we sat there and they listened to the whole set and we're like jamming. We're like celebrating oh, wow, because cool. they had been, we had been in rehearsals at center staging. Everyone's in ears. They're at most, they're watching playback on TV, a laptop or a phone. Sure. We've been doing privates. We've been doing award shows, but they hadn't really heard a PA. So in there, it's like, it's just a tight, compact. Re- and, and it ended up being this really celebratory kind of thing, you know? That's so awesome, dude. So, and that really was again. a good, that was one of a really, really, really good moment. Um, I've, and that's I've, had, I've had those, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, man, those will buy you like, karma collateral for months you know because i think that we we get lost as front of house engineers in forgetting that the artist never gets to hear themselves yep the way you hear them every Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. um and part of part of i've used virtual playback in a production rehearsal to make the artist get pumped about what's happening yeah. Um, like if I'm super proud of like what's going on with my mix in a production rehearsal, um, I'll actually invite an artist uh, to be like, you know, Hey man, I know like you seems like you were struggling in that one part and you were, you know, you were whatever talking to the monitor engineer about what you need or whatever. I just want you to hear what it hears like out, what it sounds like out. Right. Here. Yeah. Because you, if you hear it out here, you're going to gain some confidence, I think. Mm-hmm. And I've mm-hmm. literally drug an artist over and like played the section and literally watched them go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm never, mm-hmm. I don't even, you know, and that takes the pressure off of like the monitor engineer or what, whoever yeah. else that guy, you know, whatever the artist was struggling with, he now mm-hmm. no longer, he or she now no longer struggles with that because they heard it out front and went, oh, it sounds great. So why am I, you know? Why am I yep. That? Um, yep. Yeah. That's a strong political move. You can pull yep. that one off. That one, that one feels as good as like nailing the mix of the show, you know? For sure. You have to have confidence, right? Like, and also like if I am not happy with what's going on, I am not flying the PA loud and proud in a rehearsal. No. You know what I mean? No. It's like, no. if I'm not happy, uh, then when they stop playing, I'm not playing virtual playback through the PA period no, until no. I get to a point where I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it has to, you know, it's not like it's always rainbows and bunnies and it sounds amazing all the time. No, it's not sounding amazing. You have to be proactive in that way too. And be like, I never want this artist to be walking to catering and right. hear this song the way that I think think it's not happening you know what i mean mm-hmm. because they're going to hear it too they're going to be like oh yeah why is that not working you don't mm-hmm. want to travel down that road right no no yeah um, um you know i also had an experience and i i think i told you this in a few videos ago but you know with um with bruce from iron maiden you know the first time that he came out and heard virtual playback i saw him walking while I was doing virtual playback, he came out of a vom and started walking towards me. And dude, that's the worst feeling because he's oh. going through, even with the best uh, aligned system, he's walking in and out of so oh. many weird anomalies and reflections. And no, I hate I that. I see him out of the corner of my eye and I'm sitting there mixing and I'm like, ah, uh, and I can't stop. Like in the mid, you know, it's in the middle of the song. Yeah. I just fired up virtual playback and we were talking about some PA things and whatever. And I can't just stop and wait for him to walk towards me. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he comes all the way to front of house. The song ends, you know, I put stop and he goes, he turns around and he goes, that was horrifying. And I said, uh, I didn't say anything, but I was like, you know, when paging through my mind of like, Oh my God, he hates it. I'm yeah. I'm so far. I'm gone. You know, whatever. Uh Um, But what he meant was, is that he was, he had never heard himself where you could hear everything in the mix. Like he had to clarify, I go, it's horrible. He goes, no, you don't understand. This is the best thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. You can hear every instrument Mm -hmm. in its place and better than a rep. I mean, he was just going off and off and off and off. off. But his first statement was, this is horrifying. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, oh man, you know, so sometimes you just have to, you know, yeah. 
pay attention to, to what's going on around you, but it is, it's the hardest thing in the world with virtual playback, you know, uh, having, having guys walk in on you. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, well, I think that's, uh, about all the time that we have. Um, so, uh, guys, thanks for coming. We sure do appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, I just want to throw out a little thing here at the end about, um, you know, we are in an industry, if you're watching this and you're not in the industry, if you're, if you're coming here, uh, to just, uh, learn about us and what we do, I don't know who would be doing that, but if you are, um, you know, our industry is a dead industry right now and we don't have, uh, access to our work. Um, so, um, let your, uh, local, um, politicians and federal politicians know about us. You know, we're an industry, we're a forgotten industry. Uh, contact your local, um, you know, politicians and, and remind them that um, we are skilled professional people. And without us, there aren't going to be live events when this COVID thing is over. Um, and a lot of us are struggling right now. So um, any help you can do uh, to remind politicians that our industry exists, uh, we'd appreciate it. So um, thanks a lot, guys. And thanks uh, for tuning in. Like and subscribe. Uh, get your friends to subscribe. Get your sister to subscribe. Get your mom to subscribe. Please. Uh, <laughs> Help us out. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm judging my, myself by uh, how many subscribers I have. That's, yeah, that's right. my life right now. But, right. Uh, thanks for coming, guys. Uh, have a good one. All right. See you, everybody.